And this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it on this fourth Sunday of Advent leading to the celebration of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us one more time this morning. Welcome, welcome, welcome. As we look forward to worship um, and celebrating our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, we celebrate the birth of Christ coming in. And so let us uh, prepare this time for worship and give God the glory uh, and the honor. Uh, we will open up our Bibles in the Gospel according to Luke, first chapter, uh, looking at verses 26 to verse uh, 38 on uh, this morning. As we prepare to receive God's word, let us open up with a moment of prayer and look into his uh, and look to see to be in his will. Let us pray. Uh, gracious Father, Lord, we ask you to bless us right now in your presence. Guide us further into your will as we celebrate uh, the, and remember the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the incarnation of you, God, to come to be fully flesh and fully divine, uh, divine in nature. Uh, bless us as we open up our hearts, receive, Lord, a word from you today. Fill us up, almighty God, Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. You're not receiving it. Oh, did you try to refresh it? Good morning. You you have it now, Deacon? Have technical difficulties. Thank you all. Make sure we are live and ready to roll. All right. Let us continue on. Thank you so much for your patience as we get on to get into our message for today. Uh, looking about enjoying everlasting joy and favor with our God. Uh, into enjoying this joy and this favor we have with our God, we can think about how he makes it possible that we might know this joy in his everlasting favor. Basically, in order to know how to make this possible, to know that with God, nothing is impossible. There's nothing too hard uh, for God. Uh, he is able to move mountains, part the seas, the air, the waves and the wind, obey his command. Just looking in Genesis, we were introduced to the magnificent power of our God. We see how we made something out of nothing. And that our God was able to create uh, the heavens and the earth, uh, the spans of the waves in the sky uh, by the voice of his command. Uh, he said, let there be light. And he made and separated night and day. He spoke 
into existence the waves, the mountains, and the land, and the creations. And then he formed man uh, out of the dust of the earth and breath and breathed life into man and woman, calling them male and female. We serve an awesome God that is able to do exceedingly above, beyond what we could ask or think or even imagine. The Bible tells us how our God is able just to do whatever he says he can do. So with man, it is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And so think about how in the midst of definitely of this year of 2020, dealing with so much trials and tribulations, so much death, so much stress, so much depression, so much fighting, so much hatred and animosity, uh, that we are realize, is there still time for joy? Is there time for hope? Is there a space or a place that we still can come to know the power and the beauty of our God? And here I want to encourage you, just no matter what we are going through, we serve a God that is still able to give us joy, peace, and everlasting love. To know that we can trust in the Lord and, and be amazed still by his awesome love moving in our lives through the power of his spirit and his word in the work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we look at our text today, we'll see that, that God's power was able to move uh, and able to take what was dead and bring forth life, do what was impossible for others, but only possible by him to bring forth joy and blessings into the world. Uh, There's nothing that our God cannot do. The timing and the setting of this text is introduced in uh, the first chapter of Luke 26 verse is basically in relationship uh, to the earlier account in the same gospel of the angel Gabriel announcing to Zacharias that he would have a son and his name will be John. In this account, we also see how though uh, John's, uh, I'm sorry, John's mother, Elizabeth, uh, the wife of Zacharias, is in her pregnancy. Verse 24, uh, verse 25 of Luke chapter verse one says, soon afterward, his wife, Elizabeth, became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. The announcement of the coming king is where we pick up here in verse 26 and 27, seeing the alignment of the timing. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph a descendant of King David. Why this is the importance of this announcement. Notice the setting. Notice the the description and the development of this story, of this gospel, foretelling the birth of Jesus Christ. Basically, Israel is waiting on the fulfillment of the kingdom of lineage of David. The reason why, because their current king, Herod, is a false king placed by Roman itself, not of the lineage of David. And so they're looking for the fulfillment of this prophecy and they're waiting for it to be done. And Herod is not the one. Matter of fact, we find out when we talk about the story of the wise men that King Herod is looking to kill the rightful heir of the king of Israel because he knows it is not him, a threat 
upon his kingdom. And so we see how even in the birth of Jesus, the, the foretelling of Jesus, that his life was already uh, in danger. But yet, because Herod is being rejected, because he's not being accepted, because the prophecy speaks to 2 Samuel 7, chapter, verse 16, says, God is telling this through the prophet to David, that your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time, and your throne will be secure forever. The very mention that Jesus is, is uh, that Jesus's mother Mary is betrothed to Joseph also shows that Joseph is in the lineage of King David. Shows that he, Jesus then his son has a legal right, a legal claim to the throne. Again, that is a threat to King Herod, but also fulfillment of the prophecy of the anointing of the chosen king coming through the lineage of David. Now, another thing about this text, it says in Nazareth. Uh, Nazareth is not a well-known town. Matter of fact, it's not mentioned at all in the Old Testament. But here in the New Testament, uh, we find that it's a small city, a small town, a population not very large, not as large as Judah, uh, where we find Zechariah and Elizabeth to reside. But it's a humble place of a humble home of humble parents. Again, showing God significantly using those who might be small, a small town, humble people to do great and big things. To understand that even in the midst of pain, in the midst of trials or tribulations, in the midst of maybe of humility, we serve a God that is able to use us, able to propel us and place us in positions of power and authority, regardless of our background. Some may look down upon you because you may not have what they see as privilege or born with a silver spoon in your mouth, but yet to know the power of our Lord, that our God can make ways out of no ways, that he can take the weak, he can take the low, he can take the humble, and he can lift them up and build them up so that they can do great and magnificent things. Here we find a humble woman named Mary in Nazareth to be chosen by God to be the bearer of the anointed one, Jesus Christ, and his father to be a carpenter we come to know of, a, of humble work, of humble beginnings from a low weight rate town to be the father of Jesus, the earthly father of Jesus. God's sovereign choice of Mary, a virgin, and Joseph of the lineage of David shows how God knows how to work things out uh, for, the, for the fulfillment of our uh, salvation, this humbling work of Jesus to spend, as we now know, 30 years uh, in the city, developing and growing in Nazareth before he begins his public ministry, leading to his crucifixion on the cross for our sins, that yet Jesus was able to be known as Jesus of Nazareth. And the saying goes, can anything good come from that? We found out that the greatest good came out of Nazareth. And so this gospel introduces us this humble beginning of the reign and the lifting of the anointed one, Jesus Christ. As we celebrate Christmas, we can uh, truly, truly come to understand the humility and the great love and compassion that our God shows us in the humble beginnings of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so now we see the setting set up that here comes a, a virgin betrothed to a man in the lineage of David, uh, that uh, this is in the sixth month now that Elizabeth has been in pregnancy with John. And so see the time frame from the angel now coming to now Mary. 
the angel Gabriel. Verse 28, verse 23 of the gospel reads this way. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. We see here in Gabriel showing up God's favor for Mary. And I want to talk about as we look at God's favor towards Mary, how we can also see God's favor, his blessing, the benefits in our lives. First, he greets her with a greeting of favor, of joy and of blessing. Uh, he comes down and says with this joyous announcement, presenting with joy, the Lord is with you. Greetings, favored woman. He is using uh, the kind of the, the, the content of the root Greek word of a salutation is a greeting that is one with joy, one with favor, one with blessing. And then it's going to the one who's a benefactor of a, of a, of a blessing and showing favor and grace and mercy. This also shows how our benevolent God bestows his favor on Mary by choosing her to be blessed just because God chose her. She did not have to curry favor from God. She didn't have to do anything from God. She didn't have to work or earn anything. But yet God, by his great love, decided to say, I will bless you and show my favor on you can you see that in your life too? how God blesses us with favor because we don't have to work for we didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. But because of his love for us, because of his care for us, because how much he desires for us to have a right relationship with him. God blesses us with many ways in our lives that we might come to know him. We might know his mercy. We might know, experience his forgiveness. And know how much he loves us and cares for us by just showing us how much he loves us. And this is God's favor. These are the blessings we have in our God to know how much he loves us. But also not only the blessing of receiving that kind of love expressed by God, but also the blessing of knowing that God is with us. Just his presence is a blessing enough. Look, look what's going on here. It's confused and disturbed Mary was that they're trying to think, how can this angel be coming to her with a message? He encourages that don't be afraid. The angel told, for you have found favor with God. See, the angel is, is letting her know that the Lord is with you. That's a blessing uh, to know that our God. Uh, is with us. Definitely in the midst of 2020 or what we're going through in the, in the midst of this so much pain and heartache to know that even while I'm going through these times, right, we can recite the number 23rd uh, Psalm, right? Those who I walk through the valley of shadow of death, thou art with me. To know that our God is present with us, to know that our God will never leave us nor for seconds, to know that our God will guide us and direct us and protect us in the midst 
of what we're going through, that safety is already provided for because he's our savior. He's our keeper. He is the good shepherd. Hallelujah. To know that no matter what we're going through, our God desire for us to know his joy, to know his favor, and knowing that things may look impossible to us. Things may look hard to us, but with God, can I hear somebody say, with God, uh, all things are possible. And so here it is. The angels are letting her know the reason why I'm here to let you know you got favor with God and know that God is with you. There's a special blessing I hear when God is with you. I think about this. I think about uh, Joshua. Uh, when Joshua is taken over the leadership of Moses, God reminds him, just as I was with Moses, Joshua, I will be with you. That's confidence that Joshua understand because he saw what God did with Moses and he saw the wondrous works that Moses was able to do. So Joshua is now understanding that we're about to cross this Jordan River and God, if you help him cross the Red Sea, I know that you are able to help us cross this Jordan River and the confidence and the confirmation that God let Joshua know that I am with you, kind of embolden him to help him to understand there's no need to be worried, no need to be stressed, no need to be to have any kind of fear because God is with us. There's a, there's a blessing to know when God is with us. That's why Jesus tells his disciples, we learn, right? He says, and lo, I will be with you always. There's a confidence to know that our God is with us. And that's why Paul gets aside and tells us that, that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Because before they says we are more than conquerors. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. And Philippians, he requotes as well. So we know this power and this relationship and in his presence and the blessing of being in God's presence. The joy Knowing that God is with you to give you reason to rejoice in his presence and to know that God has called you righteous and holy because of your confessing of Jesus Christ is another reason to be excited. But here's the flip side of knowing of the presence of God is that it is a blessing for the righteous to be in the presence of God, but it's not a a blessing, but it's condemnation. It's judgment to the unrighteous. Psalms 1 and 5 says they will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. That's why the righteous will be in heaven. But those who are found to be guilty, those who have not confessed Jesus Christ as a personal Lord and Savior, then they will be judged. And so there's a difference about how we are waiting for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, knowing that we'll be found right, that we'll be in right relationship uh, with him. But yet, if we are not ready, if we have not confessed, if we have not turned our lives and repented and submitted and surrendered to the will of God, then we understand that when he shows back up, there'll be judgment and there'll be punishment, there'll be penalty. But those who are waiting upon his return are waiting with anticipation to know the power of the resurrection, glory, and life forevermore. The blessing, the everlasting joy and favor of knowing Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior. I want to encourage you today to understand as we're celebrating this fourth Sunday of Advent to enjoy the everlasting joy and favor of God by knowing Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Sinners cannot stand in the presence of God. God's presence brings forth judgment. 
Mary is able to stand because she is found to be in right standing with God and has favor from God and is found out that she is not only being blessed by God, but she'll be a blessing by being the bearer of the Son of God. God's favor is demonstrated in his acts of love and the messenger, angel, Gabriel, expresses to Mary the joy of the Lord is upon her and encourages her to be in bold and receive this great message. The reason why she should have joy is what we look at verses 31 and 33 in our text. New Living Translation says it this way of Luke 1st chapter verses 31 to 33. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Look at the blessing of the message that God has given us. You will give birth to a son. That's a blessing within itself. And the near east, near, yeah, the near east eastern is that it was a blessing just to have a child. But for your firstborn to be a male child was even a special blessing to know to have one to be an inheritance, a worker, sustainer of your love and your property to be working as a male. Here it is. Your first son, your birth will be a son. And now you have faith that you will have child and your child will be a Boy, and now we give you his name, Jesus, which means the Lord saves. And so there's a part here about the name of Jesus and the power of Jesus that the foretelling of this blessing also gives you an, a blessing of the calling upon the name and the work that he's going to be done. Look what they say about his son. So your son will be great. How great will he be? Look like your son will be great because he will be the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. You see the fulfillment of the prophecy here, that this is the one they've been waiting on. This is the anointed one. This is the blessed one. This is the one that fulfills the prophecy of kingdom of David. Second Samuel 7, chapter verse 16 again says, your house and your kingdom will continue before me for all time and your throne will be secure uh, forever. Jesus is fulfilling uh, this prophecy of have a kingdom that will have no end. And so this amazing act, uh, this blessing uh, that of uh, uh, Mary, betrothed to be Joseph, is going to have a son and his name will be Jesus. He'll be of the lineage of David and he will rule Forever. Now, Mary's is pondering, I'm receiving all of this message, but how is it going uh, to be done? Uh, she is wondering, she's marveled about this and, and trying to figure out, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm betrothed to be married. I haven't been with man and how I'm going to have a child. And so uh, look at what she says in verses 34 and verses 35 of Luke, the first uh, chapter. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, will be holy and will be called the son of God. Uh, the angel tells Mary how it is going uh, to happen. As we look upon uh, this text, we see the power of our triune God, God, the father, God, the son, God, uh, the Holy Spirit. 
It says that the Holy Spirit will come upon you. Then it says the power of the Most High, God the Father, will overshadow you. And so the baby, Jesus, the Son of God, will be born and be holy and will be called the Son of God. We see here uh, our, our God, fully one and three heads. Uh, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the baby will be holy. This is why the child will be called the Son of God. Uh, his birth. It shows the, the possibility of God, how he'll be superseded above all others because he'll be fully man and fully God because of this conception. The angel gives her confirmation of how God's going to get this done and that God will get this done. In verse 36 of Luke, the first chapter, he says that what's more, your relative Elizabeth has come, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Uh, this is kind of a testimonial aspect right here about how we have joy and favor in God, how people can tell us how we used to be. Uh, I used to be this. I used to be that. But now after I have received the message, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it's changed my life and it changed the way I walk, the way I talk, that I no longer do the things I used to, glory be to God, but by his grace and his mercy, I'm able to walk according to his spirit, trusting in his word, walking by faith, not by sight. The angels is letting Mary know that if you don't believe what's happening here, let me help you out with some confirmation here that I want you to know that your relative, that some say used to be barren, but God has took a dead womb and given it life. I'm telling you, if God can do that, I want you to understand that he's doing what I'm telling you he's going to do for you. Right here. The fact that God did this uh, to Elizabeth now for Mary the angel decides to drop the mic on his last statement says you I heard you, you heard about what the past and what God is doing for her now. That was used to be. This is what's going on now. She's pregnant now. She has life now. She her womb used to be dead, but it's alive now with birth inside. And, and so for the word of God will never Fail. That's a drop the mic moment. That's when he's letting her know that if God says it, God is going to do it. A new Revised Standard Version says, verse 37, this way, for nothing will be impossible with God. Uh, and another way to look at a new century version quotes, verse 37, this way, translated, God can do Anything. Uh, basically, what it's trying to point out that if you don't think it can be done, if you think it's impossible, if you don't think it's possible, well, let me introduce you to God. God can do whatever he chooses to do. I was at a few more witnesses understanding that for man is impossible, but you are man. Uh, there's someone that is greater than man that can do all things. God can do anything. He's the only one that took nothing and turned it into something. Everybody else has to start with something to get something done. Y'all y'all remember the TV show of MacGyver? 
And I think they got a remake out there now, but MacGyver always has something to turn it into something else, right? He could take a paper clip and a match and he can make you a gun or something like that, right? But he always got to have something. But God took the voice in the absence of anything and he made light. Uh, he made earth. Uh, he made the water. He made the sea. Our God is able to take nothing and make it into something. That's why the angel just dropped the mic and said, you, you heard about Elizabeth, right? See, was barren, but now she has life. But let me help you out that our God can do anything. Uh, we found it in Genesis when Abraham and, and Sarah was told about God is going to have, and Sarah started giggling behind like, can this really happen? I'm at old age. Can I have a baby? But God says, is anything too hard for God? There's nothing too hard for our God. So regardless of what we're going through, the trials, our tribulations, the breaking of our hearts, the pain that we're in, our God is able to turn it around around for his good. The emphatic declaration of the greatness of our God is what the angels is expressing to Mary, why you ought to have joy. And so to see this and to know this is that to know that our God has power, everlasting power, eternal power. And so if he can take a dead womb and bring it forth life, if he can make a virgin to become the mother of the divine anointed son of God. Then think about how he is moving in your life. Think about how he has saved you. And those who may not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want you to know this, that there's nothing you have done. There's nothing you can do that's greater than God's love for you. You might think it's impossible for anybody to love. You might think it's impossible for anybody to ever see you and care for you. But I want you to know that our God's love knows no limits. His love is so great that he sent his only begotten son to die on the cross for your sins. He defeated death and rose from the grave on the third day. And right now, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. So don't let this Christmas moment pass and you don't celebrate the life of Christ in your life. And know the joy and the favor of the Lord. He worked out our salvation before the foundations of the earth. He told of the coming joy of our salvation. And so we know this eternal life through the eternal King, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The fact that God saves to the utmost is amazing all along. Jesus saves us from death and gives us life. And we know that nothing is impossible for God. So let the joy of the Lord be your strength. No joy and favor of God by trusting him to be your king, to be your Lord, to be your God. And may we respond just like Mary. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. That's what Mary said to the response of the angel, verse 38. And then the angel left her. Left her to be obedient 
and walk out the work of God. So let us respond with obedience to God's word and be a recipient of every blessing, of every favor, of every joy that we receive by having Christ in our lives, by knowing him as our Lord and Savior and submitting to his will. Let us pray. Father, Lord, we are surrendering to you right now, God. That may we know the blessing of having a right relationship with Jesus, by having him in our heart, by surrendering to his will, by truly knowing the blessing and the guidance, the leadership of your Holy Spirit, as we accept this great and precious gift of Jesus Christ. Father, as we celebrate Christmas, Lord, we want to celebrate the joy we have and remember the blessings of favor we have. Lord, may we not forget your benefits as we bless you and celebrate you. Father, thank you for how great is your love towards us. And Lord, if there's someone out there, Lord, who today said, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know this joy. I want this favor. Lord, I pray that they can confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that they too shall be saved. And Father, I pray you'll guide them and lead them to a church, a fellowship, where they are to continue to grow and be the awesome, mighty men and or women of God you've called them to be. We thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you for the joy of our salvation. Through Jesus Christ, Lord, we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and worshiping our God. Uh, You can continue to follow Zion on our website or through Facebook or through uh, YouTube. You can get all those links at www.zionbcpeoria.com. Feel free to share this message and like it uh, and encourage one another. And also you're able to give online uh, on Zion's website as well and download the app. Or else you can choose that information too on the website and to text to give uh, through the app uh, as well. Thank you so much. God bless you. May he keep you until we meet again. Remember, Jesus loves you and so do I. Merry Christmas.